This week's podcast brought to you by The Better Bow. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the snooze button. Yeah. And I forgot to mention this. I got a text from a friend after that podcast aired, and he said, Earlier this week, in a complete fog, I thought I hit snooze on my phone and accidentally dialed 911. <laughs> the call went through. I had to explain it wasn't intended, and as I was trying to go back to sleep, I got a call from the 911 non-emergency number telling me an officer was at the door doing a safety check. It may have taken me 20 minutes to get to the door because I was so out of sorts. I waved him off and said thank you. There you go. Another reason to not use the snooze button. You as, may call As my friend says, the moral of the story, you snooze, you lose. Says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. I was in Lexington, Kentucky last week. I did a game. Um, it was South Carolina at Kentucky. And um, I had an interesting, I thought interesting, interaction with a gentleman in the elevator. So I get on the elevator, mm, first of go all. Go on. <laughs> first of all, I was wearing my mask. He was not. Like, nobody in Kentucky was wearing masks. Um, but anyway... Uh, I felt safe because my body was full of my w- robust immunities from my bout with COVID. Um, the power it, went out, and when it <laughs> returned, you got off the elevator. He was wearing your mask, right? And you were wearing his wingtips. So he's he wasn't wearing wingtips. He was like in jeans and a t-shirt or something. I'd say a middle-aged dude, probably about my age. Anyway, he said, "Do you play basketball?" And I said, well, I did. And he said, yeah, I figured, you know, you're so tall that you must have played basketball. And then he said, I loved basketball in high school and I was really good. He said, I just wasn't tall enough. And it was just then that he got to his floor and started getting off the elevator. I noticed he was carrying not one, not two, but three packs of cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) And I just had to laugh thinking, I'm guessing it wasn't just your height that kept you from playing college basketball. Perhaps there was a lung capacity component although, although to Although a couple of things. They used to say that cigarettes stunt your growth, so perhaps yeah. that was connected to it. Maybe. Uh, the, and the sort of the stereotype, at least once upon a time, of, of Eurobasket was players – smoking at halftime right. and, and arenas full of smoke. And of course, I mean, surely uh, American athletes did that as well. Picture of Len Dawson smoking, I think, at halftime of, of a Super Bowl or something. And there was uh, there was uh, uh, baseball players, you know, smoked, obviously, chew tobacco as well. Oh, yeah. When, when had I, that addiction. When I was playing with the national team and I had a lot of older teammates who had played overseas, played professionally, oh, yeah, it was certainly a thing. They, you know, there'd be two Americans on a team in France or Japan or Italy or wherever, 
And they'd go in the locker room at halftime and their teammates would be, or some of the teammates would be smoking. It's, it's interesting to me though, like I didn't, haven't really thought about it much, um, but seeing a guy in the elevator with packs of cigarettes was, um, I took notice because you don't see that anymore. Like sometimes I'm in the gas station getting something and people will buy cigarettes, but you'd never since at least around here, you know, you can't smoke in restaurants or stuff. You all, you rarely, rarely see people smoking. Like you never see somebody walking around with three cartons of cigarettes can, or can packs you smoke, of cigarettes. Can you smoke in hallways and hotels anymore? I don't imagine you can, but there used to be mm-hmm. those big towering ashtrays filled with sand oh, right. at hotel elevator banks. Right. Yeah, you'd, no, see, you, you'd see butts sticking out of them like headstones. You still see those things, but they just use the trash can component of it. Like there's no sand or whatever in it, and you don't see cigarettes in it. Or the, the it. urinal, you'll see a cigarette butt. The, uh, my, my, People throw I, cigarette butts in urinals? I'm sure. I, I love the uh, the smoker's tower. You know that thing? So it's a, it's a uh, narrow cylinder that has a little hole in the top. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 No, anyway, it's like you, you rarely see it. So it was kind of like surprising to me. I don't know why I'm saying like so much, but it was surprising to me to see a guy get off the elevator with three packs. And either was he's he going planning, up or coming down? Was he, he was going, going up, up, taking them to his room? room. Yeah. So either he, he's either planning to not leave his room for a while. Just be smoking out the window. Or he smokes three. He's a three pack a day guy. That's a lot of cigarettes, isn't it? Usually that's the room that I get just after that guy yeah, has right. vacated it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's been, a, there's been a competitive smoking contest in that room, convention, and then it ends and I get that room. Yeah. It, it, our hotel, too, it was a fine hotel, but, like, it, not even just the hotel, but everything. I mean, you've been there. I've never been to the Kentucky Derby, but, like, everything was horse-themed. I was sitting down in the restaurant. I ended up leaving because it, the waiter never came to the table and then I looked around the restaurant was open but there's nobody else there anyway there was a booth and it looked like just big thick leather belt straps are like hanging every couple of feet from the back of the booth and I'm like that's weird it's better than in your room right (laughs) right or maybe not I don't know and then I realized it was some a harness or something for a horse but like I get that they're the biggest thing there is is you know the Kentucky Derby, but does everything then? Well, have it's to be it's, it's 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 the biggest thing is, is is thoroughbred horse horse breeding, all that stuff in the in the horse farms in Lexington. The Derby, of course, is in Louisville, and and uh, so it's breeding that's in Lexington. Well, that's the I mean that is that, that is area, that is the sort of ultimate horse uh, thoroughbred racehorse country. Yeah. And thanks for saying the um, the Derby, of course, is in Louisville because you know. I don't really know. I just know. It's, no, I know. I know I, it's I in was, Kentucky was, and in that area. So I, was, I appreciate I was you, you including know. you among those who, of course, uh, knows. No, I know, and I appreciate that. But I have, I have no shame in my game that I don't know. Um, and this, this probably is a little bit embarrassing. But I was coming off of COVID and stuff when I was in studio last weekend on Sunday, and uh, and they said, you know, it is Super Bowl Sunday, so we might, ha- you know, have some fun and ask you who your picks are. Are you okay with that? I said, yes. I said, but who is Cincinnati playing again? <laughs> and needless to say, I got enough crud for that. <laughs> well, I mean, the Super Bowl was watched, I think, by an average of 112 and a half million people. It's a lot of people. 
It's a lot of people, but I have to say, however you feel about this, the NFL or or that particular game, really, this is this is the most watched thing. It was fine. I I, I watched it. I enjoyed it's watching the first anything NFL with, with, game I've watched from beginning to end this season. Commercials watch- were enjoyable. Halftime was great. Halftime was great. I enjoyed watching anything. I saw somebody somebody sent us a meme that uh, Fifty Cent appeared after two quarters during the halftime show, which I thought was. <laughs> Interesting. That is interesting. But uh, but really, I mean, that's the one thing that we've chosen as a society will be the one communal experience still remaining where one-third of all Americans will be watching that. And I was, it was great watching anything together, as I say, as a family. Yeah, when's but, the uh, last time we got – and by choice, all of the kids were in there. With, within reason. Uh, all six of us were there for the first – Two quarters, yeah, and then uh, the matriarch of the family disappeared at halftime, and then so did one kid, so did another. Eventually, there were just two of us watching the Super Bowl, and I said to our son, "Where did mom go?" And then, "Where did everybody else go?" Well, the, everybody else went where mom went. That's not true, but uh, but the first half your, was your your departure gave together. everybody else permission to stop watching. Maybe. I, I, wherever I am is where the party is, I think. And so once I left, we thought they were there. To the, watch but you the were Super leaving Bowl, the party. But, so yeah. wherever you, you went is where the party was not. Right, exactly. Our youngest has an orthodontist appointment uh, later today. And I was just thinking about it because I have to fill out the forms online um, that you have to fill out pretty much now. Anytime you go to a doctor, um, you know, have you been in contact with someone with COVID? Have you XYZ? And I noticed it um, a week ago because, or a little less than a week ago, I had a doctor appointment and it was after I was done with COVID, I was testing negative, I was fine. I'm filling out this form. And what was interesting about the form was, you know, have you been in contact with someone with COVID? No. Have you this, 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 but nowhere does it say, do you have COVID? (laughs) Have you tested positive for COVID? It was all about, have you been in contact with somebody who's tested positive? Have you this, but never. Nowhere did it say, have you yourself, do you yourself have COVID? <laughs> and I was thinking, so if you're the only one in your house who has COVID, based on these forms anyway, you could still go to your doctor appointment. It seems like an oversight. That's light. It's light. Um, I, I, I should add that I mentioned earlier the photograph of Len Dawson smoking a heater uh, at Super Bowl One in uniform can't tell if it's the locker room, if it's the sideline, if it's during the game, if it's after the game. But he also has, even more magnificently, a bottle of Fresca between his feet. Really? Is it a commercial for anything? No, 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 no. God, no. advertisement? On the contrary, that was that was uh, Super Bowl one. So there were no Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl commercials that you anticipated, like like our kids did. You know, I can't wait to see the commercials. And I found myself during this Super Bowl longing for, you have all these A-list celebrities with multi-million dollar production uh, budgets. I found myself longing for kind of A-list, multi-million dollar commercials, but for our local businesses right. that we usually get the commercial for, Markowski Dental, for- Hammond uh, and Hammond. Yeah, the or, law firm, yeah, Barbarino Nissan. Even you know Jordan's furniture with the Jordan's furniture guy. Right. You know we could have uh, uh, the Rock for Markowski Dental, but alas, that didn't. That happen. didn't happen. 
But that would be pretty spectacular. Our kids have half a day of school today. They do. And we got to leave to pick them up, so we need to get on with this. Don't say it like that. We need, we need to get this over with. We need to get <laughs> right? this out of the I way. Mean, come on, let's get to viewer mail, shall we? Let's let's oh let's let's get to viewer mail, let's shall get we? To viewer mail. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. I don't mean to put a negative spin on that, but I think I think our viewers would be grateful if we cut this short. Certainly, after hearing your attitude. Uh, our first viewer mail comes in from Siobhan. Siobhan writes, Hi, Stephen, Rebecca, congratulations on 200 podcast episodes. It is only fitting that chaos reigned in your household prior to trying to plan this celebration. It truly would not have been real if you planned an all-in-the-family type extravaganza. I, for one, listen because I know you two are living and sharing the mess that is family life during this time, and I relate to this reality. The so, mess? Is that how she describes it? Uh, accurately described it, yeah. yes. And, and, uh, and she appreciates that we didn't fly 200 viewers to Los Angeles <laughs> and any viewers in Los Angeles to somewhere else. All right. I particularly enjoy hearing about your adventures with your oldest daughter as my twins are the same age and going through the same rites of passage, driving, working, and the college search. It's an understatement to say that the FAFSA experience is torturous, but you haven't commented on the CSS application that is even more baffling. Congrats, and thanks again for bringing some fun to our week. Siobhan, thank you, Siobhan. What, uh, what, do you know the CSS form? Have we experienced that yet? I'm not sure if I have or not. I mean, we haven't actually enrolled anywhere or, or even decided on a, on a college, right? So maybe that comes as the next step? Maybe. Well, it sounds uh, unpleasant, to say the least. Keith writes, um, Dear Rebecca and Steve, hearing you talk about shoelaces is making me crazy. Rebecca, you have a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, be I'd in your bonnet about round once. shoelaces. Yes, the round shoelaces. Uh, why is it driving him crazy? Let me hear it. Because they're an easy thing to replace. The solution okay. is called the better bow! Exclamation mark. There are two. There's a YouTube link, and there is a link to something called netknots.com. Tell me more. Try it on all sports shoes. No more double knots. Tell me more. From Keith. Well, what is it called? Say it again. It's called uh, the solution is the better bow. B O W. The better bow. And uh, and there's a YouTube video that I'm going to watch now while I pause the viewer mail. Seven hours later. Oh, we've watched the video. So I thought it was going to be a product. It's no, just no, a no. Video. no, no, no. It's a video. No, I'm not saying it's just a video. It's a video that shows you a better, an easier way to tie your shoes. Well, so not they don't come not even easier. A way that they won't come untied. It, yeah, it's not easier, but it's not harder. The video is trail tip, better bow knot. It's it's a woman tying her round laces on her hiking boots. And all it is is, now I learned to tie shoes with around the corner. Um, no, that was how to draw number five, was down the street, around the corner, and his hat flew off, that being the, the top stroke of the five. Um, how I learned how to draw five? How? This is what a five looks like. Draw it. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, go on. Down the street, around the corner, and his hat flew off. That mm -hmm. was a five. But you know, you're doing the bunny ears thing with your with your laces, where you where you wrap the one around. Yeah. You wrap it around twice. That's it. Right. It doesn't come untied. Right. It's not a double knot. It's 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 just it's, it's a just double like, wrap. It's like the Windsor knot of shoelaces. Yeah. 
I'm going to have to try it. I'll try it. She has basketball practice Thursday. Well, that could be life-changing. Thank you, Keith. He says no more double knots. I assume it works because... This is a YouTube video, so it must. (laughs) Uh, Steve Rebecca writes, Ken, uh, thank you for sharing your appreciation of The Warmth of Other Suns by Isabel Wilkerson, a a, a book recommendation last week, Rebecca, a rare book recommendation from, from me. I've heard great things about the book, and your recommendation secures my need to buy it now. I'm very interested to read it because my parents were a part of the Great Migration from North Carolina to Connecticut in the late 50s. Now, the book, for those who don't recall, is about the Great Migration from uh, the usually rural uh, south to the urban north from 1900 to the 1970s for uh, African-American often laborers and and, uh, others seeking seeking uh, freedom. Uh, My parents have some amazing stories about their search for better opportunities up north, so I think it will be great to hear some of the stories, some of the stories she shares in the book. I'd also highly recommend you read Ms. Wilkerson's other book, Cast. Well, I I ordered Cast after reading The Warmth of Other Suns. Does that come in yet? Yeah, it came in. Okay, good. I read the first 25 pages on the Amazon (laughs) free preview. On another note, writes Ken, is it possible for you to send some some swag? Well, of course. I was privileged to get one of Rebecca's Connecticut son bobbleheads signed years ago. I believe my son brought it with him to college. I'm also privileged to get an autographed copy of Knights in White Castle when Steve read passages in our local library. So now I'd love to have something signed by both of you. Uh, so well, that's an easy no-brainer. Let's get that to Ken for sure. Well, we, we have no brain, and uh, therefore the no-brainer is uh, good yes. for us. Congratulations on the 200th episode of Ball and Chain. I do believe I'm a completionist, but is it, po- it is possible I missed a few of the early episodes. Nevertheless, I enjoy listening to your stories of life in the Russian home. I always look forward to my opportunity to listen to Ball and Chain weekly on Friday mornings on the treadmill at the Y. Thanks, Ken. Thank you, Ken. And we will see you around town. We'll also get that swag out to you yeah, in the meantime. Sure. Rachel writes, good afternoon, Rebecca and Steve. To answer your question from last week about the round shoelaces, ah, here we go. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that they do come loose much more often than flatter laces. Mine don't come completely untied very often, but that may be due to 40 years of shoe tying practice. R- what is the advantage of the round lace versus the flat lace? I mean, what is the advantage to the, to the manufacturer? Because there, of course, is none to the, to the shoe wearer. I don't know. No ideas? No. It's also the material of the laces. Sometimes it has that sort of slick coating, and uh, I think. So maybe it is better off if you're hiking. Maybe it's uh, better, you know, in in water or mud or I don't know. Yeah, that that may be. They may be water repellent if they're round. It might be. Who knows? But couldn't you just Scotch guard well, not flat laces? They're round, but because of whatever the material is that they're made from, I wouldn't imagine the shape of them would make them water repellent. We really should just devote it. Podcast almost exclusively the shape, places? the uh, material, and the and the uh, manufacturing uh, processes behind shoelaces. Sounds good. Uh, one, my stats: height one hundred and seventy-three centimeters. Oh, Rebecca. Oh, a centimeter guy. Weight, gal, Rachel. Oh, gal. Weight eighty-one kilograms. Shoe size: a Europe forty. <laughs> shoe width: double A. Wingspan: one hundred and seventy-six centimeters. Sorry, sometimes I can be a pain. B. That was one. B. Uh-huh. Passions. Sports, especially basketball, playing, coaching, watching. Travel, particularly places I've never been. I'm the, in the past year, I've been to Disney World, Alaska, Southern California, Egypt, and Netherlands, slash Belgium. One state left to visit in many, many countries. Good food. I love trying new things. Whenever we travel, we research the best local restaurants and never eat at chains. Food can be such a huge part of life experiences. Roman numeral three. 
all caps, Super Bowl. I'm not a huge NFL fan, haven't had a team since I was little, but this year I was all in for the Rams. When one of my friends is playing in the game, that is who I cheer for. One of my friends is playing know, in the wait, game. Wait, what? <laughs> she's uh, she's uh, best buds with Odell Beckham Jr., I believe. Uh, uh, clearly. D, it has been one heck of a ride for the teams I cheer for. Chicago Sky won the WNBA championship. Atlanta Braves won the World Series, and now the LA Rams won the Super Bowl. Featuring, now this is me adding, my best friend Cooper Cup. <laughs> I guess it is a good time to be a fan. I'm looking forward to the end of the NCAA season and March Madness. Hopefully it lives up to its name, especially now that the women uh, get to use it. All my best, Rachel in Idaho. Thank you, Rachel. Rebecca, nothing to add. Are you, also looking, still, f- are you also looking forward to the end of the NCAA I'm season? I'm still annoyed by the centimeters. Not annoyed. I think it was a brilliant, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that's true. Uh, not annoyed. I'm still, I'm still brilliant, calculating, trying to do the, not really. Brilliant bit of uh, repartee there. Yes, yeah, true. That, that gets in my quote of, of, of uh, French right. words pronounced pretentiously. Right. Bob writes, uh, Rebecca and Steve, while listening to episode 200 and a few past episodes to continue progress toward Mrs. Fields' completionist status, we did the following. One, drove. this is all in, in, in just regular numbers, I should add. One, drove from Manchester, New Hampshire to Stony Brook, New York to watch our youngest play basketball. Two, realized that there are white castles on Long Island and Mrs. Fields should have, should have her first white castle experience. Mm-mm. I assume Mrs. Field has had many, much experience at Mrs. Fields, right? <laughs> You'd think. Three, caught up with some, why am I doing Marv Albert all I of don't a sudden? Know. Three, I don't know. <laughs> from downtown, caught up with some family members to reminisce about the old days after the game. The BNC podcast has been an enjoyable addition to our various youth activity-related road trips. All the best, Bob in Manchester, New Hampshire. P.S. Rebecca, we are jealous of the 30-second clock coming to high school basketball in Connecticut and keep teaching and using man defense. Rebecca, uh, I I, I wouldn't just say two passions of yours. Perhaps your two biggest passions in life, the bringing the shot clock to high school basketball in Connecticut and, and I think, uh, your your headstone 50, 60 years from now will read, play man-to-man defense. (laughs) Yes. I was at a high school basketball game this past week. Um, the other team was good, got a lead, and every possession took a minute. In high school, you play eight-minute quarters, I think. Every possession, pass, 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 pass. And it was so hard to watch. And then, to make matters worse, our team would come down and, like, in transition and jack something up in the first three seconds, and then they go back. But, and but just trying to... Average it out. Pass, 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 and it's like, oh, and I and I think somebody said it's going to be forty-five second shot clock, which is way too long, but at least it's something. It's something. These teams will these teams will will uh, jack up some nonsense and get the offensive rebound, and then go into another forty-five second. Oh yes, that's yes, that's actually the worst. That's a good incentive to uh, the rebound. Yeah, like play basketball. Basketball is a beautiful game, but it's not meant to be played at a snail's pace. Or against the zone at the youth level. Someday we should do a four-hour podcast in which the, my only my only contribution will be at the start of the podcast. I'll say, "How do you feel about full court pressing at the youth level?" <laughs> yeah, I'll hang up and listen. Okay. Finally, 
the notorious DGS, strangely not featured in the uh, in the uh, pantheon of hip hop icons at the Super Bowl halftime yeah, show. Yeah, shocking. The notorious DGS uh, are double O B G Y N. Doctor Gary Siegel. Dr. Siegel writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, how else could you celebrate the 200th podcast by other than talking about nothing? It's that nothing which somehow includes a peek into your daily lives, as well as so many common things among the viewers that we relish, cherish, and deeply appreciate. While you two are so deferential about praise, the viewers all love and appreciate the time, trouble, love, aggravation, and expense that you and Denny undergo to put out a nearly weekly treat for us. Rebecca, I think I'm so reluctant about praise that I'm reading it on a podcast right now. Right. <laughs> but thank you, Dr. Siegel. Mazel tov again, and let's go for 400. That would that would kind of give us a more of a of a Formula One feel. It would the B and C 400. Perhaps we could get a branded um, a Grand Prix on the on the F1 circuit. Doctor Siegel, uh, we'll have to work I, on that. I suggested that a long time ago. Also, kudos to Denny for playing the original podcast opening and closing music by Tom Dick and Harry. I'm so glad that when COVID 19, the pandemic, paid a visit to your home, writes Doctor Siegel that only two of you were affected, and thank goodness only to a minor degree. And in fact, that has remained the case, Rebecca. That has remained the case. I know, it's pretty great. Of course, Rebecca kept working. It's damn near impossible to stop the express train that is a determined working mother. Amen to that, Dr. Siegel. And Steve, being the loving and dutiful spouse, did his part to keep the household running, um, only because I told everybody that that's what I was doing. However, with regards to the COVID-19, the pandemic outbreak in your home, one critical question immediately popped into my head, even as you described the details of the few days. Did Steve have a chance to change the furnace filters during that time? The answer? He, whether or not he had the chance, that's, uh, that's, that's one question. Dr. Siegel, yes, absolutely, I had the chance to change the furnace filters. And? I didn't, but I, I certainly <laughs> had the chance. We do need to. I, I I need to do that in the next week or so. I'll get those changed. My my excuse for not having changed them, of course, is is the Golics moved out of Connecticut. Right. Exactly. And I, and even I would feel sheepish about asking him to cross to the country. To fly from yes. Arizona yeah. to Connecticut. As a hum- as a humble servant of the podcast, writes Doctor Siegel, might I help correct a small error from the time during which COVID nineteen the pandemic was in your home? Rebecca and the youngest Russian child were in isolation not quarantine, as defined by the CDC, while playing skip-a-ball. With your, in, well, that's interesting. It's true. We were, we were in isol. You were in isolation. You weren't in quarantine. Yes, but give me the nuance. I think, I think the CDC definition of, of by the CDC definition of quarantine, I, I, I imagine you would have had no contact with the rest of us and possibly no contact with each other. Okay, that makes sense. But not being an employee of the CDC, and and I and I should point out in every podcast, I am not a medical doctor. <laughs> but people, Dr. people, Siegel is. people often assume that I am from my knowledge of seventies uh, coffee commercials. Right. But I'm not. With your indulgence, writes Dr. Siegel, let's now proceed to a list of items that, in essence, contribute nothing. One. Just as if you were reopened the topic of canned meat, I submit a picture of sugar-free breakfast syrup. I enjoyed it on hospital cafeteria blueberry pancakes on Saturday, although I should note that in general, hospital-based workers have different culinary standards than most people, and certainly we can eat a meal pretty much as fast as anyone can. And indeed, he has enclosed a picture, you know, one of those little single-serve syrups, Smucker's Sugar-Free Breakfast Syrup. Smucker's Sugar-Free Breakfast, but that has to be awful. What, what, what I love is the breakfast syrup portion of that. Does Smucker's also make a lunch syrup? 
Certainly, for, for my purposes, they should make a dinner syrup given the, the breakfast By for dinner. By definition, doesn't a syrup have to have sugar in it? Uh, maybe maybe they came from uh, uh, sugar-free maples. I don't, I don't know. know. Two, I continue with my extensive study of the Paw Patrol and may even learn the theme music. My youngest granddaughter has been overheard on the baby monitor singing it incessantly while avoiding falling asleep during nap time. The whole fam damly, a southernism, the whole fam damly, a southernism, will be together for a family-friendly Mardi Gras weekend a few days after this podcast comes out. See Dr. Siegel on a, on a Mardi Gras float uh, uh, just sliding through the French Quarter. <laughs> Hurricane in hand. Why don't we get a, a float? A float, a ball and chain Gras. float. A ball and yeah. chain float for Mardi Gras. Yes. With and it's pulled by a Formula One car driven by Dr. Siegel. That would be that would be uh Chef's Kiss. Three. From Saturday to the Monday before this podcast, the baby count is Rebecca. I think we should start l- wagering on this. That's so that's three days, Saturday to yep, Monday. That's correct. The baby count. I know it's a full moon now, so I'd say it's a little higher than usual. I'll give him four. Three. So you're just one off, but give me the gender breakdown. Male, two females. Exactly wrong. Two boys and one girl. None so far today on Valentine's Day. However, writes Dr. Siegel, the night is young. Four. Steve, many nights when Mrs. DGS goes to bed before I do, I find myself asleep on the couch in the wee hours, having attempted to have read choose any, the New York Times, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, or a book, something before falling asleep in a heap on the couch. My snoring sometimes awakens Mrs. DGS, who kindly calls downstairs and awakens me, which sometimes results in me actually getting up and going to bed, as opposed to falling back asleep in situ. Now, Rebecca, uh, is that your preferred method for for waking a a snoring person to, to call out to them? I would gently, probably either say their name or gently touch them on the shoulder or something. I think we've talked about your method of waking up a snoring spouse. Five, a brilliant, a, vil, a brilliant, well, we certainly won't be talking about it again. A brilliant viewer included his or her stance regarding the Oxford comma, which heretofore would be good information to receive in any incoming correspondence. How could disciples of Lynn Truss or Benjamin Dreyer not be in favor of the Oxford comma? Although I'm sure that Mr. Dreyer's commentary and rules about it were exceedingly clever. I, I, I do, I've become a disciple, a, 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 um, a convert to the Oxford comma, Rebecca. Okay. Six, another viewer cleverly wrote about notable 200s, and when Steve read 200 wins, I answered Richard Petty. Petty is the king in NASCAR and the only 200 race winner with David Pearson, also of that era, a distant second with 105 wins. 200 wins being the, the uh, NASCAR equivalent of 300 wins for a pitcher in baseball, which nobody will... Uh, We'll ever get again. What's the most wins for a pitcher in baseball? Cy Young, 560-something. I, I, I don't know the exact number. I should. At one time, I would have known that. Like what? But, but my, a, a great pitcher of this era. Well, wins have been discounted massively, so there, there were, nobody's going to rack up. The, the pitch count has changed everything, and, yeah. and, uh, and you know, uh, sophisticated statistical analysis has... Uh, kind of devalued the value of wins but it was just cool to as a kid you look at a baseball card how many games did this pitcher win of course it wasn't as entirely his doing the wins or the losses right. but a 20 game winner was a big deal Denny McLean won 30 games in 1968 which was crazy and you know and 300 wins was an automatic ticket to the Hall of Fame six uh, and there are eight points here. Another viewer, uh, uh, nope, I'm sorry, we read that one. Seven, by the time you read this, most of the 2022 Formula One cars will have been introduced to the public, although the cars shown in the launches are typically mock-ups or even computer-generated images. 
we'll see the real things in testing that begins on February 23rd. Uh, Rebecca, without spring training opening on time because of the baseball labor strife, perhaps we'll have to... Is it a lockout or a strike Lockout. Okay. Um, We'll have to go with Formula One uh, car reveals. And if there's a miracle, the pitchers and catchers will have reported as well. No, they will have not. A picture of a novel Valentine's Day card given from Maine Sky Sports F1 announcer David Croft. Crofty to his audience, to his Valentine, is attached. Crofty's Valentine to his spouse reads thusly. Rebecca, this is from Instagram. You know that feeling when the cars line up on the grid, brakes smoking before the lights go out, and it's wheel-to-wheel racing to the first corner? I love you more than that. (laughs) It's funny uh, because your card to me, Rebecca, read, um, uh, I love you almost as much as man-to-man defense. I think think that's exactly what it said. And and not quite as much as uh, a 30-second shot clock. There's no shot clock on my love for you. Ah, That's right, yes. There we go. Eight. Lastly, let's be grateful to Frederick Law Olmsted, whose creation, Central Park in New York City, provided a venue for our host's engagement. I have been lucky enough to have lived near and even played in an Olmsted-designed park in an area of Atlanta not terribly far from my home in high school, as shown on the map below. And indeed, he encloses a map, Rebecca. How organized and, and uh, you know, the human PowerPoint is Dr. Siegel. Also notable... Uh, or Sherwood Forest in the northwest corner where the Christmas decorations were always over the top. Emory University and the CDC just east of my childhood home and Olmsted Linear Park in the southeastern corner of the map near Fernbank Museum. Apropos for this podcast, the Linear Park is traversed by none other than, wait for it, Ponce de Leon Avenue. <laughs> he found a way to get it in. Yeah, he did, and I did. Uh, all the best, Gary with Tours. Gary, as always, thank you for your service to uh, the podcast and for the uh, for the list of observations. Rebecca, do you have any other observations in numerical and or alphabetical form? I do not. Um, send us your your dimensions in uh, centimeters, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you next week. And now that we've gotten this podcast over with. Let's go get the kids. And, and the listeners have, have swallowed the bitter medicine of having had to listen to it. Yes. It's time that we really have to scoot and get the kids. Tom Dick Hari, play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and ambiguous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane